Would you please turn to the book of Romans, chapter 14? And as God is speaking to us, we've opened our hearts to Him in worship. He's spoken prophetically. We've sought Him and responded and obeyed. And so we're asking, O oh God, for You to continue to do Your work this morning, what You have ordained and what You've established. In fact, let's bow our heads and ask Him for that. Father, we thank You this day. What we ask is that You would continue to speak to us as You've made our heart fertile for the seed of the Word of God. We ask for You to pour it in, to nourish it, to cause it to grow, and to, in fact, renew and change our minds that Your kingdom and Your power would manifest in us and through us in a greater measure. We thank You for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. What I want to share with you this morning is the manifesting of the kingdom of God. And uh, in manifesting the kingdom of God, we want to establish His purpose and kingdom on earth. How many of you have ever prayed this? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, how many, who, who's ever prayed that? Anybody ever prayed that? We've all prayed that, most of us, right? And so what we want is thy will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so many of us wait for God to do something. We wait for him to establish his kingdom somewhere on earth and to do something in the earth. And that's what we've been praying for. Do something, do something. Do you know how he wants to manifest his will and his kingdom on the earth? Through us. And so the very act and the will of our praying for that to be done is to be done through us. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that will is to come through the people of God. Amen? And so that was, that's what we're seeking. And there is also a war going on in this earth because there is a kingdom of light and there is a kingdom of what? Darkness. And did you know that there's no kingdom in between? There's no boundary lines between the kingdom uh, of darkness and light in the sense that there are two separate kingdoms and then there's this gray area that a lot of people stay in. There is none of that. Jesus said, you are either for me or against me. Either you are born of the Spirit or you belong to the kingdom of darkness. Now, people don't like to hear that, but that is what is true and real in the realm of humanity. And so what we see now is kingdom forces at work and what is happening in our age right now is a spirit of terror and seduction is coming full force from the spirit of darkness, from the kingdom of darkness. You have to know the times and discern what's going on. We are in the latter days uh, of the uh, governments of men and the purposes of God and the battle is raging. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there was a dramatic change in the spirit realm after 9-11. And there has been a spirit of terror that is coming upon the earth. And the spirit of terror is coming to bring great fear to humanity. And with that spirit of terror is a spirit of seduction, that Jezebel spirit. And so with seduction and terror... I don't know if you've noticed, but most of our movies would portray this. 
And so what's happening in the earth is that there is a spirit of terror and seduction seducing people and causing great fear upon them. Did you know that the amount of molestation and sexual abuse has risen dramatically? And do you know that when you combine seduction with terror, you do a lot of damage to people's psyche? You really do. And that's how the enemy has been really warping and hurting and damaging people. And so this spirit of terror and seduction is pervasive in our society. And so what is the only force on earth that can come against that? The kingdom of light. The love of Christ Jesus. That message of love and power that comes through us for this world. So when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he's saying yes, and it begins with you. Stick around in your prayers a few minutes and let the Holy Spirit confirm that you're the will. You're the one who is going to bring the love to a neighbor who is distraught and to other folks. We've heard tragic news this week of just horrible, horrific murder and killing in Colorado. And that causes terror in the hearts of people. And it's going to be uh, global with the spirit of terror. And there has to be an answer and a solution. And God has one. He's you. Uh, You're the answer. You're the answer. The church is the answer. The light and the answer to this. Now, it's the spirit of God and the power of love within us that is to manifest. And so what I want to show you is a verse in Romans 14, verse 17. I'm going to highlight this verse. Now that whole discussion in Romans 14 is talking about how brothers should treat brothers, uh, sisters to sisters, Christians should treat one another, that there are those who are weaker in their faith and there's uh, people making distinctions about being more spiritual or less spiritual based on whether you're eating meat sacrificed to idols or you're celebrating certain holy days or not. And Paul's saying that that's not what this is about. And what Paul is trying to introduce in the gospel is breaking a religious spirit. The church doesn't need to stand in the midst of a world that is full of terror and seduction and say, we're better than you are. And the church doesn't need to stand there and say, we go to church and you don't. All right, we don't need that attitude. And what he's trying to say is it's not about some religious exercise. It's not about some sanctimonious piety that you've had. What the kingdom of God really is, and we're going to isolate this verse to see it, is this. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. That's what the Pharisees reduced the law of God to. Simple commandments of obedience and tithing and drinking uh, and certain feast days. And he said, that's not the kingdom. It was never meant to be the kingdom. So what he's trying to introduce to them is the, the world needs something more than just rules and regulations for piety. They need a breakthrough in people's souls. A reality of God's presence and love. And he says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I like that word joy. Christians, in the midst of terror and seduction, are a people who walk in righteousness, have peace, and have joy in the midst of calamity. 
When the world's confused and full of anxious thoughts, Christians are to be a people who have an answer and a solution. And let's kind of dissect this verse. Let's take the negative out of it, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. So if we take that out, it'll help us understand what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Right? All right, that brings some clarity. This is what the the kingdom of God is. It's a matter of righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Let's even dissect it further and get right to the heart of what this verse is trying to say. For the kingdom of God is in the Spirit. There it is. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is in the Spirit realm residing in us, which will produce righteousness, peace, and joy. So that's what he's breaking down this to when he's speaking to the church in Romans. He's saying it's not a matter of observances of holy days or what you dietary restrictions. It is life in the Spirit. This is the kingdom of God. A reality of God's own nature residing in a people. That nature residing in a people, that's us, will produce righteousness, peace, and joy in us. That's there, therefore, how we can relate to other people, get along with uh, other people, and bring the will of the Father into the earth. It is in the Spirit and by the Spirit. Now, let's uh, understand that. He says this, that the kingdom, uh, we'll break it down a little further, the kingdom of God, let's take the word kingdom. What does that mean? Well, we have the first part, a king, and what is dom? Domain. A king's dominion. A king's domain. So the king's dominion is in the Spirit. Who has the Holy Spirit within them this morning? Anybody got the Holy? You have the Holy Spirit within you. All right. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you belong to the king. You are his dominion. The king's domain abides in you. So the kingdom is in you. Uh, Let me show you something in the book of Luke. The Pharisees talked to Jesus, and Jesus said, Once having been asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observations of the law, nor will people say, Oh, here it is, or there it is, Because the kingdom of God is within you. Now there is some debate as to that reference within you. um, Because some people say, well, if he's talking to the Pharisees and he's saying the kingdom of God is within you, that's certainly not in the Pharisees, is it? But I don't think he's referencing the Pharisees in his response to this. I think what he's referencing is where the kingdom, the king's domain, is going to reside in this dispensation of grace. It's going to reside within us because the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us. Now other people uh, make a reference, and you'll see it in the uh, RSV and other uh, Bible versions, that it's the kingdom of God is among you because Jesus is there and with them. I actually think this is a better translation, and as you'll see what Paul's trying to say in throughout Scripture, that here's where the kingdom of God resides, within us. 
And it's not a matter of religious observances, and it's not that government or this political system. It is the church, the people of the living God. This is the kingdom of God. We must be equipped to war in the heavenlies and bring the will of the Father in the earth. We must be ready, brothers and sisters, for what's coming. And to be a real salt and light to people who need it. Jesus said the kingdom of God is here. It's within us. His reign is in your heart to bring righteousness, peace, and joy. John Piper said this. He means that the reign of God concerning the kingdom, the reign of God, not the rule, I'm sorry, not the realm of God. When they ask, where's the kingdom? The reign of God is within us, not the rule of God. We tend to think of a kingdom as a place, but for Jesus and Paul, it's almost never uh, meaning that. Rather, it means the reign or the rule of God in our lives. You can see that here where the Holy Spirit is bringing about righteousness, peace, and joy being manifest. Those principles of the kingdom manifest in us. It's not a place. It's us. It's the Spirit of God ruling and reigning in us. That is the kingdom of God. Now let's break each one of these words down. Let's look at righteousness. Oh, that's not it, is it? Let's look at righteousness. Turn with me to Ephesians 5, 1 through 7. Now we are given the righteousness of Christ at salvation. But in Ephesians 5, when he talks about the kingdom, he's talking about what's manifesting in us. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Read that with me, the first phrase. Be imitators of God. All right, let's stop right there. Be imitators of God. Now, how can you imitate God? To be like Him. How can you be like Him? You're a person, you're human, He is God. How in the world can you ever be like Him? In fact, He says, be holy as I am holy. Is that a joke? How are we supposed to be like Him? How could I ever be like Him? The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. His nature put in me. If He put His nature in me, now I can imitate Him. If you'll remember Jesus' ministry, He did not do anything of His own will. or uh, He did all things. He spoke of what He saw, heard His Father say, and He acted upon what He saw His Father do. Do you remember Jesus said that? Now, this is amazing. When Jesus said, I, the works I do, I see my Father do. That is a present, active, prophetic move of God. In the spirit realm, when Jesus went and laid hands on someone and spit in the mud and put it on their eyes, He was only doing what He saw His Father doing. That means present reality connection with the Father. That's an amazing aspect. That everything Jesus did and said, He had a present, right then and there, response to what Father was doing and moving. We have got to begin moving and acting like this. We are to imitate God. In other words, Jesus was imitating the Father in everything He did. We are to imitate Christ. We should have a present, active, prophetic sense of what Jesus wants us to do now. 
let alone you should already know because the Bible said to do this. Should I witness to someone? Hello. Yeah. 2,000 years ago, he said, "Go now therefore go. Make disciples. We don't have to ask, should I or shouldn't I? Do I need an unction from God to care for someone? No, you don't. You've got the living word to do it. But if we would be in tune with the Spirit, we may see how to do it most effectively. Does that make sense? And so we can be so in tune with the Holy Spirit who's leading and guiding us, directing our paths. Do you remember what Jesus told the disciples? Don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll put the words in your mouth. Don't take your shoes. Don't pack this. Don't do that. I'll be all that you need. And so this is how the church needs to begin moving. The kingdom of God is within us, moving powerfully. And so when we show up on the scene, guess what shows up on the scene? The kingdom of God shows up on the scene. The government and the authority of God shows up because an ambassador of the kingdom has arrived. You've got to begin thinking like this, brothers and sisters. This is gospel. This is kingdom. And as we show up, there should be righteousness. Now, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We should be giving up our lives for other people as well. A living sacrifice. But among you, there must not be even a hint. Oh, wait a minute. Let me back up. That's interesting, isn't it? Not even a hint of sexual immorality. Hmm. Not even a hint of sexual not. What does that mean? Not even a hint. It shouldn't even be observable that there's promiscuity, any fornication, any flirtation, any activity of sexual immorality in our lives. We should not be entertaining it. We should not be participating in it. Not even a hint of sexual immorality. Why? Because we're imitating God. Do you get the connection here? You're to imitate God. So your actions should not even have a hint of anything that would cause someone else to think that's what God does. Why do you think the American church is so disdained by the Muslim countries? As a harlot. Because America claims to be Christian and America is the filthiest nation around, and therefore, put the two together, if America's Christian, then Christians are immoral. And you'd have to agree. (laughs) But America is not a Christian nation in its actions and attitudes. It may be in its documents, but it is not in its living. The church must come back to a place of right relationship with God right? Our witness is horrible. Now, but among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. Huh? Hang out with the guys, right? After church. I heard this joke. You want to hear it? Whenever anybody says that to me, I say no. Mm -mm. 
uh, we were at a restaurant a couple months ago, and I was there with two other pastors, and some guy came by, and you could tell he thought he was the life of the restaurant, little diner. And he came up, hey, hey guys, you out with the guys? Yeah, we're out with the guys. He goes, I got a good one. You want to hear this joke? It's a little bit, uh, you know. I said, no, I don't want to hear it. Oh, all right. Walked away, and he, he came back. <laughs> all right, so anyways... There was this, 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 and that. I said, I don't want to hear it. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. This, 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 and he starts, and he cusses, and it's lewd. And he laughs. And we looked at him. I said, that's disgusting. I told you I didn't want to hear it. That makes me sick. He was extremely embarrassed and walked away. I felt like walking out of the restaurant and telling him I didn't want it, but it wasn't the restaurant's fault. But this kind of lewdness, do you know that there's that kind of activity among Christians? Kidding around, talking around like that? There shouldn't be a hint of it. Because why? Where's the kingdom of God? It's in us. If you're waiting for it, it arrived. It was already paid for and delivered when you called out for salvation. That's why... Uh, Let's go on. There should be no obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather there should be thanksgiving, for of this you can be sure of, nor no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as a man as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. We read that verse thinking that means that they're not going to go to heaven. But if the kingdom of God is in you by the Spirit and there is that activity among a people, what he's saying is they're not in the kingdom. It's not a future, are they going to go to heaven? The issue is if there's this activity coming out of a person, you can bet that the kingdom isn't in them. Hello? So make your calling an election sure. So we talk about, you know, can you be saved and do this? Can you be saved and do this? Be ye imitators of God. You see, if the God's kingdom is dwelling in you and the Holy Spirit and His nature abides in us, there's some cleaning up that needs to be going on, right? Now I know we're not perfect when we get saved and He doesn't automatically just take over our lives. We have to surrender those areas, don't we? And so there are patterns of behavior and and language and issues we need to change. But there should be a change coming. And if you've been serving the Lord for some 20 years and you still talk with a filthy mouth, I really wonder, is the kingdom there? it should be backed up by the dominion of the king so who's king of your life you or god so there should be a righteousness a rightness in our lives the kingdom of god is not how well you abstain from certain meats and celebrate certain holy days and practice certain religious observances there are people who do not belong to the kingdom of god that can do all of that really well No, 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 no. The kingdom of God is number one in you, and it will produce what? Rightness. 
in your language, in your activity, in your pursuits, in everything about us. There is a rightness in us. And how many of you know that the world is longing to understand Christianity in a right manner? They have seen so many hypocrites. What's the number one thing? Who goes to church? Hypocrites. Right? Well, uh, 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 we all need to be here. This is the place where we need to get healing and deliverance. And uh, I don't know any human being that isn't a hypocrite until they get saved by Jesus Christ, and then they still can be one. They just need to get it worked out. Amen? So it's a good place to have hypocrites in church. Get them saved. But there's a rightness that should be developing in us, correct? You getting this? If the kingdom of God dwells in us, then that government should be overthrowing whatever government we had in us. Now, the second one is peace. Because the kingdom of God dwells in us, we're getting messages from the kingdom. We're getting the latest news. You're watching TV. This world's getting crazy. But I'm getting the download uh, from the kingdom of God that my God is sufficient for all my needs. My God's my peace. I get my satisfaction and strength from Him. Uh, Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's like wearing a helmet. (laughs) Right? In this life, you can get smacked around pretty good, can't you? Right? They just, how many of you know in Michigan, they just uh, took away the, the law for wearing a helmet? Wow. You're not going to wear a helmet driving that fast with crazy drivers? My, just before the service, my daughter was telling us that the organ donating rate has gone up tremendously. Guess why? No helmets on motorcycles. Well, this peace of God is going to be my helmet. When, when the news comes in of crazy tragedy, crazy trauma, things going around me, I've got the peace of God that says my God's in control. There may even be things coming in my life that are traumatic and tragic, but I know that my God rules and that I am His child. And whatever I have to go through, He's with me. Peace is your safety helmet. Peace, it will guard your hearts and your minds. It transcends understanding. That means it's beyond human reasoning because it is of the kingdom of God that resides in me and the peace of His reign is satisfying my life. I may not fully understand how in the world I can have peace when I just heard that tragic news, but I know everything's going to be all right because my God is in control and He works all things together for the good good of those who are called according to His purpose. You see what I'm saying? So the kingdom of God produces peace. And again, the Jews were waiting for Jesus to bring political peace. They were waiting for him to overthrow the Roman government and the Roman authority. Where's the kingdom of God? And we're all waiting for that too. We're waiting for Jesus to return at the second coming, take us out of here. This place stinks, and we can't wait till we can have perfect peace. And he's saying, you can have peace right now that passes all understanding. And he said, really what I need is for you to occupy till I come. Stop looking at the clocks, the prophetic clocks, and would you do the work of the kingdom of God? Let's build the kingdom. Let's increase the kingdom. I need you to do that, so I need peace to develop in you and rightness. And last of all, I love this, joy. I was trying to find a picture for joy. I think I found it. 
just a joy in God. You know, you see a little baby with a smile, uh, uh, smiling at mommy or daddy because that baby knows my mommy or my daddy's going to protect me, going to feed me, going to care for me, going to cuddle me and going to warm me. This is the joy of the Lord. It's our strength. I have joy in God. There have been people of God who have been persecuted tortured, killed, but the joy of the Lord could not be taken out of them because we have an everlasting joy of a kingdom that will reign forever. You can take this life away. You can take this flesh away. That doesn't kill me. Doesn't eliminate me. Say, we love the Lord and He is our joy. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say what? Rejoice. Joy and peace are always coupled in Paul's writings. When he's talking about rejoicing, he says, then you'll have a peace that passes understanding. And so joy and peace go together. So a rightness with God in the kingdom produces a peace and a joy. And with that, that is the kingdom of God present on earth. Amen. So why do we need to mingle with the things that the world tries to produce joy and peace from? Self-medicating is the number one practice of an unbeliever. What do believers need self-medication for? What do we need an alcohol? What do we need a drink for? What do we need a smoke for? What do we need this for? What do we need something to medicate our pain and oppression? When we've got the kingdom of God residing in us. And so there must be an increase in this kingdom in our lives. And it must imitate God. And there's a rightness to it. When people see you, they say, there's, a right, there's just something right about that guy. There's got to be a greater witness from the American church. We have got to do something different, brothers and sisters. What we've got to recognize is the kingdom of God is here. And there should not be a contradiction from the front gate to the temple. Does that make sense to you? Usually the gates announce what resides in the house. And so these gates should be producing righteousness, peace, and joy to a world so they can understand the kingdom of God is here. It's not a practice of eat or drink or precept or this. It is a practice of an abiding power of God in our lives. Amen? That's what the Sermon on the Mount was all about. When he said, seek ye first the kingdom. Let me, let, let's read that, will you, uh, as we're, we're closing here. Would you go to Matthew chapter 6, and let's see what Jesus meant when he was talking about kingdom living. And he said, seek first the kingdom, Matthew 6, verse 25. Don't worry. Hmm. Now that is a definitely felt needs sermon. For today a lot of people are worried wouldn't you say jesus said i tell you do not worry matthew 6 25 don't worry about your life don't worry about what you're going to eat don't worry about what you're going to drink or about your body what you're going to wear is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes look at the birds of the air they don't sow and reap and store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? He's speaking right to the place that we're living. Fear and anxiety. 
Don't you know that's the enemy? He, he knows that he can get people's mind off of God if he can get them to be afraid and anxious. Why did Paul say, be anxious for nothing but in all things pray, connect to God? And uh, verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass and of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So don't worry, saying, What shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear? Pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom. Right? Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So what are we to go to first? What are we to seek first? The kingdom. And where is the kingdom? Here. The abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. Seek first the counsel of the Spirit. Seek first the peace of the Holy Spirit. Seek first the rightness of the Holy Spirit. Seek first the joy of the Holy Spirit. And that will then set everything else on your mind and in your life in order. Is this making sense to you? Instead of seek first the kingdom, some idea of a castle in a cloud in a sky. Right? How many of you think like that? Seek first the kingdom. Or the principles or the precepts. The kingdom's here. Seek first the abiding presence of the Lord in you, which brings a rightness to your decisions, a peace to your heart, and a joy to your spirit. And if you seek first the kingdom of God that abides in you, the very presence of his nature, and you imitate him in that, everything else will be taken care of. That's what he's saying. Let me put it to you in computer language. To reformat and reboot your system, go to your life management files, open up that area of management, and go to format. And when you want to format those files, you're going to find three areas, righteousness, peace, and joy. And so you just have to reformat, reboot your mind, and click on the area that you need to seek in the kingdom first, and it will format all the other information through these areas of your thinking. Seek ye first the kingdom, the abiding kingdom and presence of the Holy Spirit, and it will adjust how you manage everything else in life. Because the kingdom's not about rules and regulations of what to eat, drink, wear, and what days to celebrate, and so forth. The kingdom is in you. And with that, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear, anxiety. We're living in a day where terror and seduction are coming. But if the people of God are seeking first the kingdom, they will not fall prey to the seducing spirits, nor will they fall prey to the terror, fear, and anxiety because they're seeking first the very kingdom of God that abides in them, manifesting it so that everyone else says, you're someone different from different place you say yeah i abide in a kingdom not of darkness but of light in the kingdom of heaven amen, amen. let's bow our heads so